Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back. And now we are talking about business. And my guest is Andrew J. Sherman. He's a partner in the Washington, D.C. law firm of Seafarth Shaw, and he's a top-rated adjunct professor in the MBA and executive MBA programs at the University of Maryland and Georgetown Law School. Andrew is frequently called upon by the media to share his expertise and has been featured or quoted in, in many outlets, such as the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, the New York Times, Business Week, Fortune, Investors Business Daily, Forbes, Entrepreneur, and U.S. News and World Report. And he's authored many other books, including Harvesting Intangible Assets, Uncovering Hidden Revenues in Your Company's Intellectual Property, and many other books. And the name of his brand new book is The Crisis of Disengagement, How Apathy, Complacency, and Selfishness Are Destroying Today's Workplace. Welcome, Andrew. This is great to be here. Uh, it's been a little while, and I thank you for all that you do to advance the thank community. You. Thank you very much. All right, so first of all, let's, let's take the title. Let's work with that. There's a crisis of disengagement. First of all, what is the crisis, number one, and why do we have it? And what does disengagement really mean? So those are three questions in one. <laughs> okay. Uh, get comfortable. Put your feet up. Okay. It's a long answer. Uh, no, right. the, 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 you know, um, the, uh, about four years ago or so, I read a Gallup study called State of the American Workplace, and it just depressed the you-know-what out of me. I, I just couldn't believe the data that I was reading, and I did some independent research, and kept, it, it kept bothering me over and over again. Uh, the breakdown of the American workforce is as follows. Um, Four percent, so four out of a hundred of us mm. define ourselves as highly engaged. Twenty-five percent, twenty-five percent describe ourselves as somewhat engaged. Fifty-one mm. percent uh, describe ourselves as not engaged, mm. and twenty percent, and this is a really scary number: one out of five American workers describe themselves as highly disengaged. And that means that one out of five people in every workplace, mine, yours, all of our listeners, uh, are actually sabotaging and positively undermining the culture Mm -hmm. and productivity at your company and are looking to recruit as many of the people from the 51% that are already not engaged as they can. And I just look at our ability to compete globally. I look at our ability to transition as baby boomers to the millennials, I look at our ability to increase our productivity and our innovation, and, and I think, how can we do that mm. when only four out of 100 people get up in the morning and actually look forward to going yeah. to work? Yeah. Andrew, do you think it's like this in other countries the way it is in our country? Believe it or not, in most countries it's worse. Um, really? In studies in the U.K. have the number... Uh, of, of disengaged even higher than this. Uh, mm. There are some places in Northern Europe, uh, parts of Asia, uh, where the number is higher. But, you know, we're doing pretty bad. But on a global basis, uh, you know, the, the, the average worker is just 
they've lost touch with any form of passion or creativity or or engagement with their work. And I guess that's why I deemed it a crisis. And, you know, looking at some of the other books that I've written that you were kind enough to mention, uh, when you look at Harvesting Intangible Assets, although that book is still one of the favorite books I've ever written, when I drilled into it further, I realized if we don't have an engaged workforce and engaged cultures and engaged... We can't leaders, harvest anything, we're gonna, right? We're not going to have anything to harvest. Exactly yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. So why? Why do we have this problem, Andrew? Well, it's a combination of factors. It's almost like the perfect storm of bad employment-related news. You have uh, many workplaces that are still archaic and not adopting the latest technology. You have flaws in governance and leadership. You have uh, unaligned and disconnected reward and compensation systems relative to what people think they should be doing all day. You have people still, you know, working themselves out of a difficult economic crisis from 2008-2009. You have anger at, you know, the class and income divide. Uh, so people are just feeling like, you know, I'm underpaid, I'm underappreciated, I'm underwhelmed, so, you know, I'm just going to stay in that mindset. And we're producing, you know, many of the physical diseases, uh, you know, Absolutely. depression, anxiety, yep. stress, overweight, yep. I mean, you name it, many of these things come directly or indirectly from people being unhappy in their workplace. You know, Do you think it's because... Do you think it's because they don't feel valued or recognized or honored? They're just like a cog in a wheel, and they just have to do the job, and it doesn't matter who they are. Do you think that's think the reason? I think that's right. I think that's right. But if we unpeel the onion even further, we have to figure out uh, whose fault it is. I mean, you know, the average worker thinks, you know, their boss is making 100 times more than them, and it's their fault. And the average business leader you know, is struggling to find a single employee that is excited about the business as they are. Yeah, exactly. And it's a little bit like a high school dance where the boys are on one side and the girls on the other and nobody seems to want to be the first couple to start the dance. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we can't continue this way, Patricia. We just can't. We, we've got to meet in the middle. If you look at the recent election, you look at mm. some of the, you know, protests. I mean, mm. th- these, are, these are issues that aren't going away anytime soon. And mm-hmm. the solutions, you know, need some work. I mean, uh, man, you know, in the, in the December 2016 update to the Gallup study, which just came out, so it's not included in the book. The book had already gone to press. Mm-hmm. The president of Gallup observes that traditional approaches to management need to be discarded. Um, mm-hmm. We need to stop referring to people as bosses and supervisors. Absolutely. Calling them teammates. of them more. Teammates. As coaches and mentors and um, yeah. catalysts. We, and, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just sharing that um, I'm in Rhode Island and I'm part of this incredible group called Leadership Rhode Island. I think they have leadership in every state in the union. And uh, these are <laughs> leaders that come together and it, everything is based on the Gallup Strengths Finder. So when you're working in a team, you are working toward your strength. And it, it really, it's really amazing to watch it and to watch people come together based on their strengths. Do you think we need m- much more of that? I agree. And I think that also many of us feel trapped. You know, we, we get into jobs in our 20s and 30s. We have large uh, 
personal commitments in our 40s uh, with, with, you know, double mortgages and kids in private school and, you know, three and a half cars. And we wake up and we realize we don't like our jobs, but we're kind of boxed in. I mean, I see it in the legal accounting and, and medical professions. Uh, where people are, you know, it's it's not going to get out a big violin, but people are trapped into their jobs due to their lifestyles, and it's mm-hmm. a shame because, you know, if I told you that your heart surgeon was not in the 4% highly engaged and was either somewhat engaged or not engaged, would you want them performing heart surgery on you? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. this disengagement is not just millennials, it's baby boomers as well. And it's yeah. not just high paid, I mean, low paid jobs, it's high paid jobs. I mean, I've yeah. seen, yeah. in my research, I've seen happier people yeah. that work in the copy room than our yeah. senior partners at so the firm. So it's, it's not all about money, Andrew. It isn't. It's about no, values and being not valued. About right? It's about, we all want to be important. You know, I, Absolutely. I use this witness test. Um, you know, what, what did you get, what did you get to say, uh, to your family when you got home when they said, how was your day? You know, did you have something interesting to share? And that sometimes is more important to people than the exact size of their Christmas bonus is that they're valued and that they did something at work that day that they can't wait to get home and share at the family dinner. And the other observation I've made is, you know, nobody's tossing around in their bed at three in the morning thinking of how to make your company better or your product or your service better if they're disengaged. You know, that's not what they're going to be up at night thinking about. And all of us as business owners want people who are tossing around from time to time thinking about how to make things better. We don't want to shoulder the entire burden of improvement or innovation uh, on, on just the business owners. Right. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a break in a minute, but uh, what I want to talk about when we come back is what's your solution to all this? Because you've outlined it in the book. You know, what are things we can start doing and what can we do You know, as, an, as a worker, as an employee, as a team member, and maybe not just as a manager? And what can we do again if we're the owner of a company or we're in management? Because that's, that's the heart of it all. So my guest today is Andrew Sherman. His book is The Crisis of Disengagement, How Apathy, Complacency, and Selfishness are Destroying Today's Workplace. And Andrew is frequently called upon by the media to share his expertise, and he's been quoted by the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, the New York Times, Business Week, Fortune, I think all of them, all of the big ones. And he's a partner in the office of Seaforth and Shaw, and he's a top-rated professor. So stay tuned, because we're going to talk much more about the book, The Crisis of Disengagement, and how we can turn that apathy and complacency and selfishness around so we don't destroy the workplace, but we can start to think about making the workplace thrive. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Second Wind Success, hosted by Gene Garino, is all about helping boomers catch their second wind in business and life. Most of us achieve our greatest success after the age of 50. Life has a learning curve with a few stumbling blocks along the way. As long as you stay committed to your vision and adapt along the way, you'll find the success you're looking for. Tune in to Second Wind Success every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com's social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurment? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric EZ Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live. Every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone we are talking about disengagement in the workplace my guest is andrew sherman And he's the author of The Crisis of Disengagement, How Apathy, Complacency, and Selfishness Are Destroying Today's Workplace. And Andrew Sherman is a partner in Washington, D.C., in the office of Saifar Shaw. He's a top-rated adjunct professor in the MBA and executive MBA programs at the University of Maryland and Georgetown Law School. And he is frequently called by the media to speak and share his expertise. He's been in the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, the New York Times, Business Week, Fortune, and many of them, and um, and is the author of several other books as well. Welcome, Andrew. Welcome back. Oh, great okay. to be on the show today. Thank you. Okay, so let's start talking about solutions. First of all, let's start with the smallest, the, the, the smallest denominator first, who probably has the least power, the worker, the person who is reporting to the manager, who doesn't feel like they have a lot of power. What would you say to them if they heard the show and said, you're right, Andrew, but I don't know what to do? Well, the first thing I, I think you uh, you and I were talking about it off the air is this issue of finding your inner strengths, finding your passion. You know, I, I believe we only get the one time on the earth, and life is short and it's precious. And we owe it to ourselves, we owe it to our employer, we owe it to our families uh, to, to to strive for a certain degree of happiness and. You know, if you're at a point in your life where you really think that, 
you know, you're among the 20% highly disengaged, do yourself a favor, do your employer a favor, do your stress and mental and wellness a favor, and find a new path. I mean, I can't tell you how many of the 4% of the highly engaged are people that might have been highly disengaged in some other setting, but they had the strength and the gumption and the persistence and the grit to redefine themselves. There's no better country in the world than the United States to redefine yourself and to put mm-hmm. yourself on a different career path. Mm, and, that's true. you know, I, I, I believe that to, to my soul. Um, but I think a lot of if, people are complacent. You know, they're making the paycheck. They're not causing yeah. It's kind of like being in a bad marriage. You know, you just, you learn, you learn how to make it vanilla. Even though there's a part of you that's dying, you just, it's copacetic. I know, but, but, and I agree with you, but that's why I put complacency on the cover of the book. I think that complacency is a cancer and it's a cancer that's eating at our culture. It's eating at our global competitiveness. It's eating at our ability to, to, to innovate. I mean, we weren't, we were never a country of complacence. (laughs) You know, we're, we're, the Ben Franklins. I mean, we were founded by people with vision yeah. and integrity yeah, like Hamilton, and persistence. Right? Like Hamilton, yeah. who was nothing but complacent. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I just, I, 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 I hope that my words and your words will get through if, if we reach even one listener today that gives themselves the favor and, and the gift of redefining themselves a bit. That would be a good start. Um, okay. You know, from there you go to the middle level manager. And many level, many of the problems sit in middle-level management, people who are upset at themselves, upset at their jobs, upset at not being higher up the ladder, and they take it out on their workforce. They're angry about something in their personal lives or their work lives, and they've decided the only way to make themselves happy is to abuse others. There's been countless articles about the importance of civility in the workplace, of tolerance in the workplace, of you know, all of these workplace issues, workplace violence, uh, you know, often starts with somebody who thinks that they should be higher up, paid more, more important, more authority, you know, uh, and, and they've been belittled, so they continue to belittle. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. you know, not to get too personal, but like you said, it's, it, it, it's yeah, like yeah, the person yeah. that may have been abused as a child, and then they become the abuser. And exactly. that's now passed on several post-World War II generations of workers, and mm. that just can't continue mm. either. We've got to reverse that trend. Yeah. From, from, there you go to, from there you go to leaders, and let's face it, leaders today have more levels of transparency than they've ever had in any generation we can imagine. Their every move is scrutinized, and if they appear to be disconnected, disengaged, disenchanted, uh, you know, the average tenure of the American company CEO now is down to 15 months. 15 months. I mean, really? by the time you get comfortable in your chair, you're, lo- you're already getting recruited or leaving. Um, wow. How do you think the rest of the company? I didn't know that. That's amazing to yeah. me. Mm. Uh, and, when, and when the economy is thriving, it's actually even shorter because there's that many more, much recruitment going on. Um, but but, but, but and, and wait a so, minute, though. But if you're a CEO and you're happy, why would you leave in 15 months? Then you must not be happy. Well, it, it, it's, you know, there's a bit of an ego there. Uh, there could be, you know, the, the greater step. pay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that, I, I guess, you know, it goes back to root causes right. of happiness. But, but, but I think a lot of it, 
A lot of it is also uh, organizational, organizational dynamics, organizational culture. Um, companies have to have a willingness to blow up their org charts, to blow up their compensation right. systems and start over, to realign compensation systems with what we actually expect people to do. Uh, many of the surveys that we did and other people have done in researching the book, you would ask people, do you have any idea how what you do all day relates to the overall goals and objectives of the company? Many said they had no idea and didn't even know what the overall goals and objectives of the company were. And so they just come in and they're pushing paper around their desk and, and could not tell you how any of those papers being pushed around advances shareholder value. But there's another cost, though. There's a big cost to the company, too, Andrew, because if you have that complacency and the worker's not giving you their all or even 50% of what they have, it's costing the company somewhere. Exactly. And, and what some companies are doing, and this is what we have to be careful not to do, is they're saying, you know what, you're right. Uh, we have a horrible engagement problem, so we're going to get a couple ping-pong tables and throw them in the coffee room. And it's also free bagel Fridays. But we're still going to yell and scream at you and tell you you're not good enough, right? Right. I mean, I've never seen free bagel Fridays fix anything except put more carbs on my waistline on Fridays. And so, you know, it's a very fundamental change. And, you know, what what the most recent Gallup study says is that if we don't get this right in the next 10 years, as we, the baby boomers, hand the baton to the millennials, who are much more values-driven. Remember, many of these millennials come from families of wealth, of some degree of middle class, upper middle class, or even upper class wealth. So they're not as worried about money in many cases as they are about being in a job where they can be challenged and learn and, and be mentored and where they identify with the values of the company. Which is good, and I want you to address, we only have about three minutes left, but you are a college professor, and you're teaching these millennials. What do you see? What do you see with the millennials? Are you positive about the future? I'm very positive about the future if we can get this right. I mean, what's happening is with many millennials, many baby boomers unable to retire, they're they're holding their cards too close to their vest. They're threatened by the millennials. The millennials will be the majority of the workforce within 8.5 years. 8.5 years, there will be more millennials than you and I in the workforce. And we have to welcome them. We have to be ready for them. Or there's going to be this huge talent gap in that transition, and we cannot afford that gap as a country. Right, and we also, yes. the, many, many baby boomers still want to work. They don't want to retire. Yes. They want to work as long as they can. And maybe we can find other roles do. for them, other productive things that they can do. Absolutely. Um, okay. But we've okay. got a big transition gap that's coming up in the next mm. 10 years, and we've got to get it right or we're going to be, uh, you know, we're not going to be as globally competitive as we need All right. to be. So what's your message? Leave us with a positive message for our listeners about the crisis of disengagement, how apathy, complacency, and selfishness are destroying today's workplace and what we can do about it. We need to recruit. The 4%, if you're one of them, pull the 25% into your ranks. If you're 25%, pull the 51% up. The 20%, it's probably too late unless they redefine themselves. But So the 4% of the positives are the people who are totally engaged is what you're saying. Exactly. The, the 4% highly engaged need to take the time to coach and mentor others. You know, think about the impact on GDP, the impact on our country if we could double that 4% number over the next five years, 
I say we can. Let's do it. Thank you. It was wonderful to have you on the program, Andrew. Wonderful. Thank you, Patricia. Yeah, thank you. All right. Stay, stay on the line for a minute. Okay. Andrew Sherman's book is The Crisis of Disengagement. How can people find it? Uh, it's available on Amazon. And, um, you know, if you're inclined, check it out. Write a nice review. Uh, help get the word out. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much. Stay, stay in line for a second. All right, folks. That wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. Com, America's Voice. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.